Discord. Boom, the IRS. What's up? Episode 122. I'm here with Gabe Sagman. He is a uh, pro MMA fighter, I believe, out uh, from Canada, right, sir? Yep, that's correct. Based in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Ontario. Okay. Is that is that a east side or west side of Canada? Uh, that would be more on the east, I'd say. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you only speak English or are you a French Canadian? <laughs> Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was taught French in elementary, but it's pretty, pretty much forgot most of it. I mean, I know some words I can understand a little bit, but, uh, definitely not fluent. <laughs> All right. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Gabe here is a, uh, I believe it says you're a, what, a two-time world champ in I, I B J J F. So like, that's legit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. What- I won the, the IBJJF, uh, world nogi at the blue and uh, purple belt level. Okay. So obviously black belt's a little bit more prestigious, but uh, but yeah, it's a nice uh, it's a nice title to have under my belt for sure. And, and what years did you uh, get so I, like 2010 and then uh, 2011. So two years back to back. I still, I think of it in a sense, 10 years ago though, that's, it's a good thing. And from what I'm seeing, like you're still, you're still in it you know, and then you were competing such a long time ago. And I, I mean, I don't know how active you are, but you seem like you're super active and it's, it's your lifestyle. And you, you told me before you got on here, you had just came back from the gym, like gym is in doing jujitsu, doing MMA training, or just like lifting weights. Uh, yeah. Um, I actually just finished, um, like a little, uh, strength and conditioning workout. So basically just, uh, bike intervals, um, like 15 seconds hard, 15 seconds off, that kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Are you um is this is this your main job cuz you're a you're you own a gym, right? Like it's it's your own gym. Like you're the head instructor. Well, I actually work with um so I have a jiu-jitsu program that's that's based out of a gym that that already existed um here in Hamilton, Ontario. So the gym's called House of Champions. And then uh, my program is Absolute BJJ, so so we're we're operating out of House of Champions. Uh, currently, though, it's um, you know with with COVID and everything, um, it's not really an ideal situation. Like we're we're able to do some outdoor classes right now, but uh, with the laws right now in Ontario, we're not really allowed to have uh, indoor classes for the public just yet. Um, hopefully, looking like maybe uh, maybe the end of next month. Okay. Best of luck to you on that. Do you, um, so are you guys doing like zoom classes, like online classes for your students and things like that? Uh, not really, to be honest, like, uh, like personally, I'm not a huge fan of that, especially for jujitsu. It's like a contact sport. And I feel like it just kind of takes away from, uh, from what it's supposed to be. I know like people might say it's, it's better than nothing, but I'd rather wait until we can, um, get the real thing going again that's honest though i like that because it's like it doesn't show that you guys are i don't know all about business or desperate for money it shows that you actually care about people's development and things like that so i respect that that's really cool because a lot of people I've, I've seen schools do like online classes and they don't really um they don't let people know how ineffective it can be and stuff like that and so they, they it just shows that i don't know that they're out for a quick buck or something but that's really cool that, you know, it seems like you care about 
people are do does your school like do you do um like a month to month fee or are there contracts that are signed and things like that yeah i mean we have different membership options um i try to encourage people to to do at least six months um i feel like when you when you make a longer commitment uh you're gonna see better results out of that as well so um that's just kind of my my thoughts towards it yeah Tell me, uh, what, what age were you when you started doing it was, what was your first martial art? Uh, so my first martial art was actually Shotokan karate. Okay. Um, that when I was eight years old. And then, um, you know, from that, I got, actually, I got my black belt in that. And then around that same time. So I was like 14 years old at the time. And that's when I, um, I first started noticing, uh, the UFC, and I started reading up on jujitsu, and um, you know that's when when my my interest sparked to just kind of transition into more jujitsu and MMA, and everything just kind of took off from there. I noticed that like now that you say karate, I'm just thinking back because I I told you earlier, but I didn't tell the the show that I I watched some of your fights and uh, now I see it. I see the stance you do. You did kind of have that wide stance, and your your hands kind of far apart and that that did seem like a, a karate stance are you southpaw yeah. it seemed like in a lot of the fights i saw or do you like to switch it up um i mean i'd say i'm pri primarily orthodox oh, okay uh, i do like to switch a little bit um and and you'll see that a lot more in mma um you know guys guys are going to try to switch a little bit more try to find different angles um I wouldn't exactly say I have a, a karate stance. I'd say it's more of a, more of an MMA stance, uh, just kind of maybe a little bit wider, a little bit heavier on the on the lead leg. I got what you mean. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you were out there standing like Leoto Machida or anything. I guess you're you're right on MMA stance, but I guess it would lean a little bit more to the uh, karate stance than like, you know, I I didn't really see you. Well, I didn't watch all of your fights. It's a, it, you know, it, it was just off of like a bird's eye view off of one little thing. So I'm not trying to be like super critical about it, but it's just really interesting that you told me that you, you know, how, how long did you do karate for? How long did it take for you to get you? You said you're around 14. Yeah. So from like eight to 14. Okay. Uh, and then I started jujitsu at 15. Would you start with a, uh, a gi or no gi when you started jujitsu? uh mostly gi okay yeah when i started i was doing like like a little bit of everything like cross training jiu-jitsu muay thai wrestling um but uh you know i always kind of had that like uh competitive edge like even when i was doing karate uh towards mm -hmm. the end uh, i got really hooked to um sparring so like sparring was like my favorite thing to do in in karate um you know obviously like you do a lot of katas and and different exercises but uh but i wanted like something a little bit more realistic mm. like closer to actual fighting right. so when i started with jujitsu you know i was still like kind of like a little skinny teenager so at that point it's, it's kind of difficult to like go straight into full mma obviously so the the closest right. thing at the time was uh competing in jujitsu i relate a little how, how old are you man I'm uh, 29 right now. Oh, okay. Not too much older than me. I'm, t I'm 26. I turned 27 a little bit. But oh. you talking about liking to spar 
and wanting to be a little bit like more realistic in in karate do you watch karate combat <laughs> i have watched it i mean i'm like i'm just like a combat sports fan in general so like i'll, right. I'll watch i'll watch bare knuckle uh jiu gi um freestyle wrestling like you name it you know right I, I i did taekwondo for like four or five years and i i really like sparring too i hated the forms you said kata in taekwondo they call it pooms out I, I don't know if you know too much about like the rules and stuff with taekwondo but i'm pretty sure it's 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 actually even way more limiting than than karate and i just think that what you were saying it just made me think back to when i would do taekwondo like when I started, I was already watching UFC. So I kind of had it in my mind that like a lot of this stuff like wouldn't really work. I'm just kind of playing a game. So I would always find myself in like sparring or tournaments, still doing things that I would see in the UFC that we would never do in Taekwondo. Like I remember trying to throw spinning back fists in a tournament, but I would like do it to the body because you can't punch people in the face in certain tournaments and yeah. shit like that trying to throw flying knees to the body in a taekwondo tournament <laughs> yeah no I, I i totally hear that and that was that was like kind of me like towards the end of when i was uh, doing karate because i was still like at this point i was just like a fan in terms of like um mma ufc like i, I was watching the ufc fights so mm -hmm. like you know i remember like one time i was sparring and we do point sparring you know what i mean like it's not like super light yeah. um but one time I think I, I think I might even even be inspiring my brother. And then I just like I threw a collar tie on him and I just started the um, dirty boxing. Instructor <laughs> like watching us far, he's just like standing there shaking his head, like, like what, what are you doing? You know? Right. Dude, one time my first day at, at wrestling practice, I, I yeah. fucking somebody takes me down. You know, the point is to not have your back and shoulders on the ground. Like I didn't understand that. Like you always want to be postured up and not have someone hold you down. So like, I basically, my first day we're doing like live rolling or whatever, and somebody's pinning me, but I just let them do it. And I throw up a triangle and everybody's just looking at me like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? And I'm, and I'm, how old am I? I'm in high school. So I'm probably like 16, 17. And I'm just like, it's called, it's called rubber guard, this and that, and all this shit. <laughs> and I'm just fucking, I don't know. So fun. But yeah, well, that, that was my, my uh, problem too, actually. Because, um, you know, I started, like, doing more more gi, jiu-jitsu. And then uh, for a while when I was in university, I did a few seasons um, freestyle wrestling. And I, I had that same problem where I was just, like, too comfortable on my back. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, like, the groundwork in, in wrestling is uh, very different. Right. Like, I remember uh, my coach would tell me, like, you, you got to think, like, if you're, if you're back, touches the mat that's like a frying pan like you can't you can't be there you get burned you know <laughs> do you do you feel um like you haven't had a fight in a while because of covid uh yeah that's definitely a big factor right and like especially in um in canada mm -hmm. i mean there's like even pre-covid there's uh i'd say like i don't want to say limited but like definitely not as many opportunities um, compared to the U.S. and other other places, so yeah, it's not being easy at all. What's the furthest you've ever traveled for a fight? Uh, well, I fought a, a number of times in Romania. Oh, so, and how far is that from you? Uh, 
I mean, if you're talking about <laughs> distance off the top of my head. Uh, like, or like, a, how, like how long was a flight, I'd say? About, I think about uh, seven hours, seven, eight hours. Okay. Like Dude, I yeah. always think about that. You know, there's so many people who like watch fights and they, they want to get in or they think this and that but it's like sometimes dude just just traveling like i think about it like dude people have to go super far away they're probably jet lagged and things like that and that can that can be a factor in fights for some people you know that's a huge factor and that's why um you know ideally um you want to i think like the general rule of thumb is like whatever however many hours time difference um you want to be there that number of days in advance just to get Mm -hmm. adjusted and um, that's one of the biggest things that, you know, I'm coming to realize as of late too, is um, sleep is actually probably like the number one or one of the top underutilized uh, forms of recovery for, for athletes. So yeah, if, if you don't have uh, proper sleep, like that's going to be a, a, a huge um, disadvantage in your performance. So yeah, that's also definitely, definitely. you'd want to stay on top of dude, sometimes I'll see fighters like the fight b- barely started. It's round one. Like they look tired before they even started. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, someone's jet lag <laughs> or just like waiting around. Sometimes I think about like uh, when I'm watching UFC or something, I think about the main card and just how many hours it is from the beginning. Like, let's say somebody shows up early or just the buildup. It's like an all day thing. And then boom, here you are fighting sometimes even two in the morning you woke up, it's probably the first thing on your mind thinking about fighting. And it, there's probably a couple of hours where it's just like, dude, I'm fucking, do I want to fight today? I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, most guys are, you know, obviously like it's their, it's their passion. It's what you dedicate your life towards. So you're, you're going to fight past that. But, um, yeah. but uh, you know, like I said, it's just, it's just something you're, you're going to want to stay on top of because you're, you know, sometimes your body just can't keep up. Like your mind's going to be telling you to go, but, uh, but you need your body to be able to be able to. It's weird. Like with that profession, with other things, like, I don't know, there could be somebody who's recording a song, which in the sense it's, it's an art, just like how martial arts is an art and they're recording a song and they could just be like, I'm not feeling it today. Like, let's come back next week or something. Maybe I'll hit the high notes better. But like in a fight, it's like, you better, you better feel good today on this date. And it's just like, it's a, it's a lot of pressure. And I think people need to just like, like the broad viewers and stuff. I don't know. I feel like some people don't take that into consideration, at least where I'm from. Uh, I don't know. It's like UFC, MMA, all of that stuff. It's like such a new sport. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people don't, I don't know where I'm getting with here. I don't know if I'm getting all conspiracy theory about it, but it's like, um, I always, like, I started this podcast, like one of my earliest episodes is like saying something about, you know, when you watch UFC, when you watch someone who's like a champion or something, when I was really younger, and I'm sure you can relate because from what we said, it seemed like we got a lot of in common in our early days of martial arts and stuff like I remember like seeing champions, like, I don't know, a fucking GSP, Anderson Silver or whatever. And just always think like, oh, wow, they're the best in the world. They're the best in the world. No one does it like them. But then as I get older, I kind of think about like, are they the best in the world, dude? Like there could be somebody in jail or just somebody who's like had misfortunes for them to not get the opportunity to fight. And then I think about guys like you who, 
you know, you've, uh, I've said it, I didn't want to kiss your ass too much, but you're legit and everything. Um, and where you're from, I was going to ask like, what's the population of the city that you're in, in Canada, but, um, it's like opportunity, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know a hundred percent. That's a, that's a huge factor. Like a lot of it's, a lot of it's by chance. I mean, that's definitely a, a factor. Um, like, you know, for example, let's say the UFC comes to like, uh, some, some remote country. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're going to be looking for guys that are, that are local, that, uh, people are going to be interested in, um, to, to come watch, you know, they, they want ticket sales. So, you know, that's just one example where somebody who maybe they don't have the best record or the most impressive, um, skill set or what have you, but, uh, but, you know, just kind of by chance or by luck, um, they'll end up on the card and, and they'll get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously you, you know, you got to put the, the work in, you need a certain level of, uh, Oh yeah. Most definitely on that part. I, yeah. I, I just think about like, I don't, I feel like I don't see it as much, but maybe a couple of years back, uh, you always flip UFC on. And if you just put that undercard on, it's always going to be someone's UFC debut. And a lot like back in the day, a couple of years ago, someone's UFC debut, they'd be like three and one. That's their record. Or just like almost like yeah. an amateur. And then it almost seemed like it's super easy to get into the UFC. But a big part of that is kind of about who, you know, you know, maybe you live in Vegas, <laughs> maybe you train at yeah. the PI cause you're friends with UFC fighters or something, you know? Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. If you live in Vegas, that's definitely a, a hot spot. That's a good place to be, especially right now with, uh, you know, during this pandemic, they've had a, a lot of their events there at, uh, the apex. Mm-hmm. So, and that's like right by the, by the, the PI. So, Oh, so, yeah. I don't know if I told you how I found you. I think I messaged it to you. The, the, the reason why I even found out about you is through Smooth My Balls. And I always yeah. check out like all the other people who are sponsored by them. And then I saw yours and yours really caught my eye because like you're a legit UFC fighter. It, I don't even know if you're a podcast or anything like you're or not UFC fighter. Sorry, MMA fighter, but pro whatever, you know, and uh, uh, working know. Towards, we'll get there. I, I think uh, what was my question? would you um why do i say this damn it i lost it i'm sorry you got any questions for me <laughs> it'll come back, it'll come back. Uh, i just want to touch on one other thing because uh you know you, you brought up a number of points there uh with with gsp and everything mm-hmm. and like like who's the best guy right mm-hmm. and uh, gsp's even being outspoken in uh, recent interviews like he said um you know, the, the next generation, like typically you can assume oh. the most recent generation of fighters is going to be uh, more advanced, more skilled, better than the previous. Right. Yeah. I've heard so, him say that multiple times too. Yeah. And especially with uh, MMA, right? Like being such a young sport, like even compared to 10 years ago, you, you look at some of these guys uh, making their debuts and like, it's just like, they're a, they're a world-class, they're a championship level uh from the jump you know what i mean yeah it's it's pretty incredible when you when you about that i kind of think about like how amazing it is how there's some ufc records that are still like that haven't been broken after like all these years and then i kind of think like man when is it gonna be that all of these records are passed up 
like someone like a uh off the top of my head like a donald taroni with all of those finishes or whatever i think he's got some kind of record for that i wonder like yeah. how long is he gonna be at the top like that because there's some i don't know like it's i think matt brown just won last weekend and he's tied for the most finishes and you have somebody like someone on that list is someone who hasn't been in the ufc for a very long time i don't remember who it is but it's just like dang that is just so crazy like someone gets 12 13 knockouts and it's just like they always got to have an honorable mention for you after all these years and it's like i wonder what it's going to look like in 30 years i wonder what it's going to look like in 40 years what it what is going to be super different about the sport 20 years from now that i'll look back on and be like why wasn't anyone doing this you know <laughs> yeah no i mean Look, it's like, you know, just, just like I was just saying, like, the, the level is just, it's always evolving. There's always, uh, you know, new strategies and new, new techniques. Like, every aspect is, is getting better. The, the nutrition, um, the strength and conditioning, um, you know, just, just the, the level of athlete, uh, everything, like, the, the, the strategy. So, whatever new records get set, you, you just have to remember, like, these guys are doing this against the best fighters in the world. Mm -hmm. Like it's just at a much higher level. So sometimes it's just kind of like a numbers game. Like I think about it, like they always say MMA is like human chess. Um, but then the, some people might have counter arguments about that. Like, no, some, you know, what if the other person had a bad weight cut or whatever, then it's like a game of chess, but the other person doesn't have pawns, something like that. But let's just say to keep it simple, it is like, I don't know. I think of fights that make it to decision are the are the ones that are most likely to be like a chess game. If it if it's like an early finish or something, sometimes it just feels like no matter how high the skill is, the the first beginning 30 seconds to 5 minutes is always just kind of like flipping coins cuz everybody has so much power and energy. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you train, you could still get caught and it doesn't matter. But it's like once those later rounds and, and everybody's a little bit more tired out, that's when the skill kind of comes into play. And um, then that's why I think I said it, I watched your fight yesterday, that was like 25 minutes. So I think about like, I, I'm there when I'm training and sparring, like when I get tired, it's not like you can't just explode out of things and things like that. You have to be more technical with what you're doing. And some of it comes with like, muscle memory with like drilling and things like that and it, it helps when you're in like a high pressure situation especially like if you're a little bit tired so that's why it's really interesting to see like good habits and things that are there after you have been rocked or doing a lot of things you know keeping your composure i yeah, don't know where i was going with that <laughs> a huge aspect uh just being the you know being able to stay uh, cool and calm under fire um you know, so it's those like intangibles um, that uh, you can't really measure. That's what can like make or break a fighter a lot of times. Yeah. It's like, I guess when I was really younger, I thought of fighting as like, it's just a person who fucking is more emotional and like angry about it. Like, oh, I just see red bro shit like that. But <laughs> it's like, think about playing chess. If you make it super obvious that you're just going attack, attack, I'm going to get your fucking king. I don't know if you play chess. <laughs> but I, I like chess i'm a fan um same here yeah i don't play it too often but uh, i probably should probably be good 
Yeah, there's like, do you believe in that? Do you believe in that there are certain things that could help your jujitsu or just your overall, like, be a martial arts game, MMA game that might necessarily have to do with fighting? Like, sometimes before, like, for me, example, like, sometimes before I go into training or something, I'll play video games because I feel like video games warm up my hand-eye coordination. Like, that's something that's kind of, yeah. like... Oh, I, can, I can see that, like, like, uh, like that could help you with... Uh making uh like quick decisions mm-hmm. being able like uh reaction time that kind of thing um but yeah i mean there's there's all there's all kinds of stuff right like outs- like you're saying outside of fighting uh i mean i already mentioned a, a few of them right like optimizing your sleep mm-hmm. uh recovery um you know s- strength and conditioning i mean a lot of that you'll get just from the training itself, like training jujitsu, boxing, um, sparring, all that. Um, another, another thing I, I've been doing or, or I was doing for a period of time was, uh, it's called functional ne- neurology. Okay. So that's kind of a little bit more of the, the mental aspect. And uh, part of it is, you know, it's a little bit uh, complex, but, uh, but part of it is, is stuff to do with, um, uh, reaction time, um, you know, balance, creativity. Are these like, are, are these like activities that you do or something? Yeah, there's, there's like different kinds of activities. So for example, like, um, like there's ones you can do online where, um, so I'll give you an example where let's say you have like a, a circle and it's a certain color. And then you have a, a word written in the middle of it that's also a color. So let's say I have a, a blue circle, like the whole circle is filled in blue. And, uh, and the word in the middle of it says red, but red is colored in green. Mm. So um, the exercise might be to say um, the, the color of the word. So I would say green, even though I'm seeing uh, the word oh, red. Got it. Got it. And, uh, and the back, right. And then this, and then this will, will flash and then a new one will flash. And I need to be quick to, to recognize what it is. So I'm training my brain to, to block out certain things, block out certain information and, and focus in on the one thing that I'm trying to focus on. And it probably gives you like a score or something at the end. And the, the objective is to kind of get a, a better score as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, depending on, uh, on, on how it's designed, um, you could, you can maybe keep score. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, so you're a Bantamweight, right? In MMA, all have all of your fights been 135? Uh, no, I've had a few fights at uh, 125 earlier in my career. So okay. That's actually what I'm trying to get back to. Um, like I'm kind of small for a 35er. Like I don't really have to cut too much weight. Um, I'm usually around like 145. I mean, if I'm eating comfortably, mm-hmm. like not cutting out carbs or anything like that, I'm like ranging between 145 to 150. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, if I'm staying like real disciplined with my diet and uh and like training a lot and stuff like that, I can, I can get it lower. And I think 125 is within range. So that's kind of where I'm trying to get back to. When was the last time you were 125? 
That was the last time I weighed in at 125 was March 3rd, 2016. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. about that. I think about that with myself. Like, like I've fought at 125 and that's like really the only thing I'd ever think of. I'll, um, like I, pr- I pretty much walk around like 135 and I, every time I watch bantamweights, I just think those guys are way too big for me. And then I think of like one. 25ers I think of it a little bit like man a lot of people are killing themselves to get down there there aren't too many people that I've seen that kind of like don't cut too much weight to get to 125 well I guess that champion Brandon Moreno he um I think he always talks about how he walks around like I don't think it's an easy cut for him by any means oh you said you don't think it's an easy cut for him yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you know, he can make the weight, but it's, uh, you know, he puts the work in. I think uh, he said something about, like, the day before weigh-ins, or, like, I think, I don't know, he something, I heard the number 129, like, he was walking around at that, and then they were, like, trying to compare it to uh, Figuero. But I don't know, maybe you're right. I could have been wrong. Like, I just, I, that, that's what I heard. So I always remember him as, like, the guy who doesn't cut too much weight. That's another thing, too, like, you could correct me if I'm wrong. You probably know more about this, but yeah. when I look at someone like him, like he's not, he's not shredded, you know? And then when you compare I always feel like the, the bigger you are, especially in like the smaller weight classes, maybe even like all the way up to welterweight, or maybe it's just a genetic thing, but it's like, the, it, it always seems like the guys who are more shredded cut a lot of weight. And then the guys who kind of walk around at what they are like. Some of them could be shredded. Some of them, like, I don't know. What I've heard is if you carry more muscle, like with more muscle, you can uh, carry more water. So in in that sense, I guess you can cut, you can cut more weight. Mm. Because you're, you're losing the water weight. Right. Right. There's there's really like, I feel like there's, um, you know, there's kind of two aspects of it, right? Like you can, you can diet down. Like just bring your weight down with, uh, with nutrition and, and restricting calories and all that. And then there's the water cut, which is like the real, really tough part where you're, uh, you're, you're basically, um, like it's basically severe hydration mm-hmm. or dehydration, uh, which, you know, obviously it's not healthy for you, but, um, which one you know, do you do? Right way. If you use a science-based approach, you can, uh, and then if you refuel and rehydrate, properly um you can do it in in a more safe manner but uh that's just what it is like that like that's why i feel like i should be fighting at uh 25 is just like i don't want to have to do that but it's more like out of necessity where i don't want to be at a disadvantage just because like you said like some of these guys at 35 are just like so big they're either like a lot uh you know they're either like very like thick and muscular or they're they're very tall and rangy, and th- those aren't adva- um, those aren't things you want to be giving up. How right? tall? You wanna, especially at the highest level, you want to have like any little advantage you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, for me, it's more about like not not giving up uh, a disadvantage. I want it to be an even playing field, if anything. Right, right. To make it as close to a chess game as possible, right? Yeah, exactly. How tall are you? Yeah, about martial arts you know what i mean like it's about martial arts it's not about who's like the yeah bigger, stronger athlete but but how tall are you 
I'm around five six, five six, five seven. Okay, you're probably like an inch taller than me. I was thinking yeah. like, um, but when you when you fought or I'm not fighter when you competed and won your championships in in jujitsu, uh, what was the weight class in that? Well, I was a lot. Um, you know, I was uh, I was lighter when I was competing more in jujitsu. So oh, like the, yeah. the 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 championships I won, like those nogi ones, were actually at a rooster weight, which is the the lightest weight class. So I had to weigh in at one maximum one twenty two point five uh, for those um, nogi and the gi. It's a little bit heavier. It's more like uh, one twenty seven. Mm. Uh, but then, like most of my matches, I was doing uh, the next one up, which is light feather, and that's uh, one forty one. Or 141 and a half now um right now i'd probably do featherweight i could make the the light feather but i'd have to like i'd have to die down to make that what's featherweight in jiu-jitsu uh featherweight would be like i believe 154 okay i mm, i okay so you have to i mean that's what the right so you have to remember yeah. like he's weighing probably like minimum three pounds if you have a lighter gi right right do you um do you consider yourself and i i don't know i i, I feel like this is such a cliche answer or question but yeah. it's like where where i i gotta ask it to kind of just set up what i want to say like where do you feel like most comfortable in a fight like standing up or on the ground I mean, like, you know, obviously on the ground with my experience in jiu-jitsu and like my, uh, my positional control and everything, like if I get on top of someone, I'm pretty good at being a blanket and just, I saw you doing the Khabib mermaid where you, uh, tie both <laughs> legs up, dude. I was like, bro, he's pulling the Khabib. And then I saw the other guy kind of give a smile. Like, I can't believe I'm in this position right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So with that being said, like to get that out of the way to kind of set me up, I feel like, and I just want to know if you agree with me or not. Like, I feel like 125 is a good idea for you because you're, you know, you're more comfortable and probably more dominant on the ground. And my question where it gets a little bit more complicated is kind of like, what do you, what do you think? Like if you're base, say if you're, you feel more comfortable standing up, would you want to be at the lightest weight possible kind of like how it would be in like boxing or something um but like with mma you kind of like have a mix and match like i feel like you know if you're if you're a stand-up guy mainly you definitely don't want to yeah. go to your highest weight class kind of like an example like israel adesanya he lost to john and you know his whole thing is kickboxing and he just got out wrestled and muscled by the bigger guy and he always, he's super skinny for middleweight already. Didn't even yep. weigh 205. So I kind of like, what is your take on that? Yeah. I mean, like for the most part, you want to be, um, you want to be competing, like regardless of your style, striker, grappler, you want to be competing at your weight class. That's uh, most optimal. So, right. I mean, there's, there's two spectrums, right? Like obviously there's guys that, uh, you know, there's guys that could be cutting too much weight. And when you're cutting too much weight, you're, when you're competing at a weight class that's uh, that's um, l lighter than you should be competing at, uh, you're going to be giving up uh, too much energy, cardio, 
you know, once again, it gets into the third round, uh, you're going to be a lot more fatigued. Never mind. Uh, you're usually like dehydrating yourself a lot more. So, especially with, um, with a contact sport like MMA, where you're, you're taking headshots, uh, you, you want to make sure you have uh, enough uh, fluid surrounding your brain. So definitely. that's, that's going to, that's going to cushion your brain. So you're actually more susceptible to getting um, knocked out if you're, if you're more dehydrated and, and you're maybe uh, competing at a weight class that's too late. Now, of course, on the opposite side of that spectrum, if you're, if you're undersized and you're not cutting enough weight, um, you're going to get overpowered uh, like you saw with, uh, with Izzy and uh, uh, Blahovic, um, especially when it comes to the grappling and the clinch. Uh, I feel like that's where the, the weight advantage is really going to come into play. And, uh, and it's just going to be a lot harder uh, to deal with those guys. I don't so, know if I'm overhyping him, but I still feel like Izzy could win a 205 belt or do at least really well at 205. I want to see, like, you ever think about fights that probably won't ever happen because of, like, rankings? Like, a fight that I'd probably want to see that would never happen would be Izzy versus OSP. I don't know why, but yeah, OSP is pretty, pretty big though. Yeah. He, I think he just fought at heavyweight, but that's the thing. <laughs> he, he's pretty big, but maybe even too big and might be slow for Izzy, but his stand, his standup is very unorthodox. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, props to Izzy for going for that, that double champ status. You know, that's what, it, what it's all about. Like taking risks and, uh, and, and striving for greatness um but yeah and then just like going back to your your question about uh you know the different styles in the weight classes um i i feel like if you're a striker um you you might want to maybe you don't want to cut as much weight because uh you know we're, we're working different energy systems so if you're a striker you want to have like a little bit more aerobic uh capacity being able to move around, have a lot of energy, stay light on your feet. Uh, whereas, uh, like, like I said, with the grappling, if you're more of a grappler, you're trying to implement more of that kind of uh, Habib style, uh, you might want to be a little bit stronger in the clinch. Um, right. You know, kind of, kind of tailor your, your game a little bit more that way. So that's what I'd say for that. Good answers, good answers. I feel like I, I, I think the exact same thing. I guess I just kind of wanted to get ver verification from a pro like you. Is there any combat sport that you wouldn't do? Um, I mean, if you pay me enough, I'll probably do it. <laughs> but I mean, I'd kind of worry about bare knuckle just because like, yeah, something like bare knuckle or, or left way. Um, Lethwig go crazy. Yeah, I mean, because like, there's a lot of risk for injury there. Like, you're gonna get cut. You can break your hand. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I need to get paid a lot to do one right. of those. Right. I, I, yeah, dude. I don't. I can barely watch it. <laughs> like, I'll just watch and be like, "What are we doing here?" I mean, maybe they're getting paid a lot. What if like, I don't know. I always think. There, there are certain rules in MMA that everybody talks about that needs to be changed, like that 12 to 6 elbow and shit like that. But I always kind of wonder if there's certain things that are going to change in the future. Like, what if what if they get rid of leg locks or something for some crazy reason? I don't know. 
or they add in something that wasn't allowed back then. Let's change the gloves first. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The eye pokes are a problem. Yeah. Just make them legal. You redesign the gloves to, um, you know, make it so the, like the default hand position should be that your fingers are pointing downwards and you have to use effort to, to flex them up. Do you like, you ever, from what I understand, like the UFC gloves are kind of the opposite or, or that, or they don't, they don't really do that. Yeah. People bring up the pride gloves a lot. Like the pride gloves had a, had a curve to them. Yeah. I think they had a little bit more padding along the the fingers as well. Mm. Like a little bit more elongated. So yeah, that probably helps. Trying to think. Um, I know Trevor Whitman's big on um, like designing MMA gear. Like he designed all his own, his own gear for his fighters um, Onyx. So yeah, for some reason, they don't want to pay him to patent it or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I was just watching. So I don't know if you ever play like the UFC video games and stuff, but I was just watching a video about like a bunch of crazy facts about them and um, like the, the legal e- issues that they've had with EA and THQ and shit like that and why there's so many fighters that aren't on it. And it just gets you thinking about like unfair pay and shit like that and as a kid when i would watch and play i think about it like how much of how big of a ufc fan i am or just an mma fan in general but i don't pay for shit the last pay-per-view i bought was i don't know 2017 or something i don't buy merch i just watch it careful dana's gonna be on your ass now oh fuck yeah dude don't get him on I had something else I wanted to ask before I let you go. Appreciate your time, by the way. Trying to like geek out on MMA because I don't talk about it too much, but it's really like the only sport that I follow. Um, I don't know. Blame you for that. It's pretty, pretty cool sport. Pretty fun to watch. It's just like I don't know. Like, what? What do you? participate or watch any other sports like hockey or anything since you're out there in Canada? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch other stuff like generally, right? If I'm watching like, uh, like another sport, I, I try to, I try to watch like the, the finals or like the, the premier, you know what I mean? Like NBA finals or, uh, or like, obviously if like the Olympics is on FIFA world cup, anything like that, like I'm going to watch it. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, that's what I was going to say. I was going to talk about the Olympics. Have you heard any talk about MMA trying to be in the Olympics? I've seen a little, a little bit every here and there. Um, not, not really. Yeah, I don't I think heard, so. I heard something about it and it got me thinking like, I wonder what's that going to look like? Cause boxing in the Olympics, they got headgear and shit. And I wonder like, are they going to yeah. have. I take the headgear out um, for, for the men, at least. I think they took that, the headgear out. No. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really pay attention. Have you uh, before? Okay. I guess you've been to Romania. Have you ever been to the States? Oh yeah. I've been to the States a bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, I've competed there uh, grappling and then I've gone to train there uh, a bunch of times too. Okay. Where, you, where have you been? Uh, I've been, uh, uh, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, um, Sacramento. So I trained at team alpha male. They're in uh, Sacramento, California. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Vegas. I, I, I trained at the PI a bunch of times. Uh, I competed in jiu-jitsu a bunch of times in uh, Long Beach, California. That's where they, they uh, traditionally, that's where they held the, the world championships. They're at the, the Walter Pyramid. It's like a big blue pyramid. Okay. Um, let's see, where else? Bunch of, a bunch of other spots. Nice, dude. Well, yeah. if you got anything else to say, let me know. I guess it was a good talk, but I'll give you the floor if you want to plug in whatever you do, or even if you had a question, I could still keep going, but... I think I, I think I got everything out that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you know, shout out to our uh, mutual sponsor, Smooth My Balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, best uh, best razor in the game. So did they give you out if you want to keep everything nice, nice and, and trim down there? Oh, dude, I was thinking uh, about this. Would you, <laughs> do you care? Like if you grapple with somebody, do you uh, maybe even MMA grappling? Because that's probably where they have a shirt off would it make it easier harder or does it not matter if your opponent is hairy or not um i mean i haven't really like experienced that problem all too much but uh <laughs> i would say it's definitely uh, nicer if they're if they're less hairy i mean typically if we're doing nogi they're going to be like wearing a rash guard anyways so you don't really have to deal with that too much would you prefer to fight somebody who's bald or has long hair you think it's easier to sync up a choke on somebody if they're bald maybe yeah maybe if there's if if they're bald if it's easier to sync a choke uh probably not i don't know maybe actually i think it'd be harder because they don't have hair so there's no grip and then if they're sweaty it probably just pop right out but if they have hair i just feel like there's a lot of friction going on there like i think yeah. about like boxing uh damn it i think his name's margarita the fucking cheater he would um like they'd have issues with the commission in boxing they'd like want him to shave his beard because they think it provided too much padding <laughs> hard, hard to find the chin yeah you don't see that shit in mma as much yeah well, somebody will have a gauged well, ear and they'll just tape it up <laughs> yeah late late grade uh, kimbo slice he, he had a legendary beard Oh, yep. R.I.P. Yep. Uh, Roy Nelson comes to mind. There's definitely some some beards in MMA. You know that Kimbo has a son who's in Bellator? Yep. Yeah, Baby Slice. Yeah, he's pretty good. I, but I feel like I don't see him that much. I don't know, yeah. I don't know what's I've, going on. Oh, I haven't seen too many of his fights. Maybe he just does it part-time. <laughs> yep. All right, then, Gabe Segman, I really appreciate your time, man. I'll keep in touch with you, man. All right. Sounds good, brother. Have a good night. All right, man. Thank you, man. You too.